get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs, with 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So they call this thing the balloon party, and that means that uh, Tim McKernan is supposed to be here, but he's not. He is on a well-deserved vacation. So my name is Dan McLaughlin. I'm filling in for Tim McKernan, and uh, I really don't want to talk baseball. It hasn't been a great season. Hockey? Okay. We'll get there shortly, but uh, we're going to talk golf in this hour, and I've got Jay Delsing, one of the most uh, remarkable players to come out of St. Louis. At one point, world ranking of 51st, and a guy that loves to talk golf, and he was on the opening drive today, and we also have Nick Ragone in studio. Nick Ragone, you hear that name all the time. He heads up the Ascension Charity Classic, so a lot of talk about that and a lot of talk about the world of golf for the next hour. Guys, thanks for coming in studio. We certainly appreciate it. Danny St. Louis loves you, misses you, needs you. Oh, I appreciate that. Well, I'm, down, I'm the, down with that. No, I'm down me, with that. Hey, they get me on the balloon party. <laughs> you know when you made it, you are on the balloon party. So it's good to be back. Good to be back behind the mic. I'll be filling in uh, a week from today on the Drive Time Show with Stoltz. So it's always fun to talk uh, sports with everybody around town and with you guys as well. I want to get into, just right off the bat, the Ascension Charity Classic. We're going to talk golf, generally speaking, for the entire hour. But Ascension Charity Classic, it's hard to believe, Nick. It's really not that far away. You're scaring me, Danny. It's uh, two months. No, it's less than two months. It's exactly two months out. And uh, it's the fun time of year. You know, this is the time of year, Danny, when I start looking at weather charts, which drives my wife crazy because obviously the weather's unpredictable. It's the one variable, and you know this, Jay, uh, the one variable I can't control. I can even control to the most extent the field, and we have a great field this year, and I'll break some news. Uh, First two years, we didn't have Miguel Angel Jimenez, who's a great European star. He's committed, so he'll be in the field, so we're going to have a great field. But the weather is what I start thinking about this time of year and you know which is not healthy for my psyche or for my wife or anybody else but uh we were blessed the first two years we had extraordinary weather and even last year we had some rain overnight and mike Knoll did an amazing job you would have known we had two inches of rain in an hour that saturday night and so danny thanks for getting me reminded of that making me nervous and now i'm going to start looking at my weather charts so you said one guy that's going to be a part of it is there another guy that you could announce that uh, maybe fans would know that has committed to the ascension charity classic well uh if you're talking about jay delsing yes but yes. Uh, more importantly Stuart sink i think you're mentioning uh, awesome. Stuart, who's been playing great golf on the big tour he just turned 50 he's excited to come out and we're working on freddie couples you know i talk about this a lot freddie's the one last name jay you know this and you've played with freddie and you know it's always come down to his back and how he's feeling. Freddie could be a little bit fickle. He doesn't just want to get on a plane. Uh, Freddie's really the last player we're looking at uh, to be in the field that hasn't been in the field yet. John Daly will be back in the field. We got Stricker, uh, Ernie Els, Bernard Longer, who just won at age uh, 65. He broke Hellerwin's record. So yeah, the field amazing. is going to be stacked. But, um, Jay, if you could put a call into your old buddy, Freddie, that We're would help. It. Let's We're go, working Jay it. Bird. Come on, We're Jay. It. I, Lynn Roach is his manager, and uh, it's players group, and and I, it hadn't worked so far in the first few years, but I, you know, I'm not afraid to keep doing it. I, I, I would love to. Fred would love this golf course, and I know he loves St. Louis, and he's a huge baseball fan. And you know, that's not a big draw this year. But the golf course in our tournament, 
the word of mouth throughout the uh, Champions Tour, it's been fantastic. How's your game, Jay? I know we have a chance to knock it around a little bit. And I'm going to give you a little insight, too, we're going, that uh, Mr. Delsing here is knocking it straight and knocking it long, and he's shooting. Let me tell you this story. We, we play, we play uh, Norwood. We'll play from the tips. This guy puts up a 66. Then we have to, we had a couple events. We move up. There's a 64 mixed in there. Jay Bird is putting up numbers. Are you talking about compete. Williamson or Delson? No, I'm talking oh, about this Delson. Guy. Delson. <laughs> I wasn't He's sure which Jay. We have a lot of Jays here. I, Jay Haas, too. But Jay, Jay Haas. Jay Delsing is going to he's gonna show out, I think, at this year's Ascension Charity Classic. And I, I do think that I hand me that money, will you? That's 100 that's bones. Daddy's, that's Daddy's. Oh, my God. That's I see, a, I see oh, yeah. a Ben Franklin oh, in front yeah. of me. That's Danny's Benjamin. I got, Jay, I'm not spending it. I know you fixed your trick knee. Are you feeling healthy? I am. I, I It's crazy, but I had a total knee done on my right knee. Uh, it'll be three years in November, but I've picked up 15 yards with every club in my bag this year. And it's just because I'm able to push off and, and get over to my left side. So, you know, when I played in the the, the inaugural and the, the first shot was still one of the most memorable, if not the most memorable shot I've ever hit in my life, the 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 tips were, were a reach for me. There were a lot of four irons and a lot of... And now I'm back to hitting more sixes and seven irons, and that's a huge difference. That is it. You know, look, Jay, you uh, you putt those greens as well as anybody. I mean, you putt the eyes out of it. If your ball striking is where it can be, I mean, I look, I not to put pressure on you, but I think you're going to surprise a lot of people and make some noise. And how great would that be if Saturday, Sunday, you're in the mix? Those crowds, I mean, they were huge. They're going to be insane. Nick, one of the things, thank you, and I'm excited, and even if I'm not playing well, I'll make some noise. I'll yell yell and scream and run around the course <laughs> or something. But one of the things that you and I were talking about and Danny and I were texting about was the crowds at the U.S. Open this year at L.A. Country Club were so small. And I'm thinking, our first two years, you pick a day at the Ascension Charity Classic in Norwood, and we we – had way more people than that. Well, Jay, you grew up uh, playing golf here in St. Louis. You went to UCLA, two-time All-American. Your your clubs were number one in the country for two different years. My point is, you know L.A. Country Club, which, again, was where the U.S. Open uh, took place. But for both of you guys, you're, you're intimately in, involved with the PGA Tour. Why, and I'll start with Nick, and then go to you, Jay, but why were the crowds so down at the U.S. Open? Two reasons. One is, L.A. is not a great sports town. We know that. Enough said on that. Uh, secondly, the membership bought up a lot of the GA tickets, the general admission, because, and you know this, Jay, it's a very exclusive club, and some would say snooty, and they didn't want the public trampling their course. And the USGA, I think... Uh, they want to have U.S. Opens at prime time. That piece works. The problem is L.A. A. is not a great golf town, and B. L.A. Country Club was a lot like Chambers Bay. It wasn't conducive to large crowds. And to Jay's point, and this is a fact, USG announced on their Sunday they had twenty two thousand people. Twenty two thousand. To put it in context, our Saturday inaugural year we had twenty five thousand. It's amazing. So a Champions Tour event in St. Louis had more people than the U.S. Open on Sunday. That's a reflection of two things. One is St. Louis is amazing. We overperformed. But two is L.A. dramatically underperformed. And I think it's partly because it's not a great sports town, partly because L.A. Country Club is not a great spectators course. And three, I think the membership did a real disservice by buying up all the tickets and then sitting on them. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, no question about that. And, and, and to your point, you know, there's this um, corporate side of this thing, Nick, that I think the USGA was kind of maxing out. And so they probably got paid. 
because, and you know this better than we do, but, you know, you hit the corporate citizens and they have all their skyboxes and it's, but it, it's a different thing than having a, a, a guy and his son walking around, you know, watching golf on Father's Day at the totally different experience. And, you know, typically you want to have a mix, right? At Belle Reve, we had the corporate hospitality. At our event, we have that. But then you want to have a lot of fans there to create that energy. And how many times, Jay, you overheard this. I mean, Ernie Els came up to me and Stricker, even longer, who's notoriously a grinder, and said, we love these big crowds. We feed off the energy. Um, David Tom said that the year he won. He said, on the stretch, the back nine stretch, he made a couple of key birdies, 25 footers. He heard the roars. Jay, you know this. It feeds into your soul. And on the back nine at the open, there was a couple bombs that were dropped, and you heard you know, golf claps. And, and I'm terrible. like, where are the roars? Yeah. And majors should have roars. It absolutely impacts the play on the course. And I just thought there was something missing about that open. You know, it turned out to be a great finish, but it lacked that enthusiasm and energy. And it didn't feel, first of all, the scores were too low. It didn't feel like a U.S. Open. Here's a, a an L.A. Open and a Fred Couples story. So Fred has been trying to get in there as a member for years and years. He's a member now. But I remember playing with him shortly after one of his first uh, go-arounds with trying to get in. And he said, uh, you played L.A. a lot at college. And I said, yeah, it's great track and super exclusive. And he's like, well, I'm trying to get in there. And I said, did you get in? He said, no. And I said, but he said, I did make it to the round, the interview round. And I said, what's that like? And he said, I, sit in, I sat in front of a table of five or six gentlemen, somewhere between 60 and 80 years old. And I said, and w- what did they ask you? And he said, first of all, they asked my name. And I said, my name's Fred Couples. And they said, what do you do? Oh, you're making this up, Jay. I'm, I'm telling you this. How is, is this possible? And he says, I'm a professional golfer. And the guy goes, you any good? And he goes, one to 92 Masters. <laughs> I mean, he <laughs> still didn't get in. What, they, so none of this computes, but now it makes sense that they had such uh, low turnout. And it's just, it's a shame. And here's the sad, the kicker to it all is that they have the Open again in 2039. That's so right. I guess they got 15 years to, to get the crowd attendance up. But in the USGA's mind, and this is typical USGA, uh, they've already committed to something before knowing the outcome. I think they did the same thing with Chambers Bay. And the USGA has had a, a run of bad luck going back to Shinnecock, which was a disaster. You had the rules uh, with uh, Dustin Johnson, which was a disaster at Oakmont. You had Chambers Bay, which was a disaster straight up. Erin Hills, which was kind of a disaster. It didn't look or feel like an open. I think Kepka won at 18. You had this one, which didn't feel like an open. Uh, the USGA's DNA is the toughest test in golf. And they've gotten away from that. And I think, you know, to me, the Masters and now the Open Championship are the two preeminent majors because you know what you're going to get. Great golf, great crowds, great energy, great heritage. USGA has lost their way. Nick Ragone is our guest from the Ascension Charity Classic. Jay Delsing, I'm Dan McLaughlin. This is 101 ESPN, the balloon party. By the way, the YouTube page is up. And Jay will be featured with Randy Carricker this Sunday on the 101 on Sports. You can also see that on the YouTube page as well. Nick is going to have some great news concerning St. Louis Tiger Woods when we come back. This is the balloon party. To the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
No Tim McKernan, but they call this the uh, balloon party. I guess he's going to be back. Grant, is he back next week from a well-deserved vacation? I don't believe he is back next week, I'm so we got some it. more time to fill. I'm all, all right. over it. Okay, I'm Dan McLaughlin. That is Jay Delsing. And Nick Ragone from the Ascension Charity Classic is with us as well. I mentioned, Nick, some breaking news concerning, uh, kind of breaking news, but if you haven't heard it yet, you had the chance to interact with Rory Tiger, and that has a direct effect on what may happen with the Champions Tour. It does. You know, last November, uh, I, I uh, was at the tour partners meeting and uh, sitting around about 20 of us waiting for our, our last two guests uh, that Jay Monahan had some friends visiting. And it turned out to be Tiger and Rory. And Not bad. Uh, yeah, not bad. And uh, <laughs> I instinctively stuck my hand out and shook Tiger's hand as he walked in. And we chatted for about at least seven minutes. And he knew a lot about the charity classic. He knew a lot about St. Louis. He said his best experience ever. And this is a quote in professional golf was Bell Riva 2018. Loved the crowds. Loved the energy. And he said, when's your tournament again? And I said, it's in September. He goes, oh, man, that's great for my allergies. And I said, what? He goes, my allergies are bad in St. Louis in August, but good in September and I was like all right and then he said get my cart ready I'm playing and then later that night in front of about 20 people he said where's my buddy from St. Louis I said I'm here he goes get my cart ready so he said it twice so the next week I happened to be playing golf with Rory down in Florida and he said hey man did you ever lock Tiger into that commitment and I said to Rory like no we don't I'm not texting buddies but I'm like how would I do that And he goes, well, I'll, I'll see him at JT's wedding. I'll remind him. So I said, yeah, you do that. But he, Tiger has been very public in saying uh, he's going to play the Champions Tour. Now, look, he just had foot surgery and to cure his arthritis. Uh, Jay, I, I think there's a good chance he might not ever play again on the big tour. He's really struggled with his walking. Um, and people he, need to understand, Champions Tour, you can you you get a, a card. card. You get, right. as, he, as he calls it, a buggy. Yeah. Uh, he wants to get a buggy and play with his friend Freddie again. But he, um, if you saw at the Masters, he really struggled to walk. I mean, he hit the ball well. He gets the you know ball speed up to 180 miles an hour, hits it long enough, can't walk. And so wow. I think there's a chance, uh, Danny, he might play the British Open next year as a swan song. Yeah. And then he might not play again until the Champions Tour. Jay, what do you think it would do for the Champions Tour in terms of crowds and the effect <laughs> that he would have on those crowds? And Nick, you can chime in as well, but Stir, I'll start with you, Jay. What do you think it would mean? Oh, Danny, it'll be something that this tour, the Champions Tour, has never seen before. And, and if you go to a Champions Tour other than the St. Louis event, there's a smattering of fans here and there. I mean, we're talking about probably... 5,000 a day is a good event. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That thinking. for us 5, is a pro-am 000. day. I know. It's amazing. And so what we do here in St. Louis wow. is definitely the anomaly. But if you had Tiger playing... It'll feel like a major, not a PGA Tour event. I mean, the truth is, so in our event, they typically, Champions Tour gets 5,000 a day, which is a good event, by the way. And we did close to 50,000. We did 5,000 on Thursday. But if you look at the PGA Tour events, the week after us, the Fortnite, Jay, you saw it on TV. We we had much bigger crowds, and I think when Tiger plays here, Danny, it'll feel more than just a PJ Tour event, an elevated event like a Memorial or a Bay Hill, where you get thirty five, forty thousand people a day. That's what we're going to be looking at. And Norwood has the infrastructure to accommodate that because it's a big piece of property. We have thirty six holes. We have the infrastructure to deal with that. But it'll feel more like that than just a regular PJ Tour event. I think it'll have the feel of a major. I mean, you're going to see crowds come out that will not past Bell Reeve, nothing ever will, but it'll look bigger than uh, a U.S. Open for sure. Nick, one of the things that excites me, because we're on part of the team, you know, to, 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 and the corporate citizenship in St. Louis, as you spoke of, is just ridiculous and so strong support-wise, but hell, man, we may have the entire golf course 
with cabanas and skyboxes if he, if he shows up. We're trending that way. We started off year one with 13 through 18, and then year two we did, uh, I think, 12. And now this, this year it'll be the whole back nine. We'll soon be going to the front nine, which the Champions Tour doesn't really allow that because you got to get special dispensation because they don't typically, they don't want, they rarely have a build-up more than 17 and 18, right? And you have to get like sort of permission. We're already now pressing up against the front nine, but I guarantee you, when Tiger turns 50, and I think he's going to play 12 to 15 events a year because he could still beat these guys, and he wants to get in the buggy and play, uh, you're going to see us building out pretty much the whole course because we already have uh, 200 corporate sponsors. We have nothing left to sell. I mean, we literally, if you want a pro-am, hurry up. We have some Tuesday pro-ams left, I think. But like, So we would have to start building out the front nine. That's great. AscensionCharityClassic.com, by the way, to find out more or to buy your tickets. Nick Ragone, Jay Delsing, I'm Dan McLaughlin. And Jay, let's go back and Nick mentioned Bell Reeve, how that has changed to an extent the landscape of what we see from professional golf in St. Louis, where you can get feet on the course, eyes on Tiger Woods, eyes on Jay Delsing. You know, there are guys that are the professionals that are out there, and it really has changed it because you have the BMW coming up and you have the President's Cup, which is going to be remarkable. Danny, I bring my own gallery. Tiger seems to show up from I don't know where, but I, I got to bring my kids. I got to get my kids in town and, and and rent some cousins or something like that. But no, <laughs> Danny, what, he, what Tiger did the Sunday at Bell Reve in 2018 was – was remarkable in a lot of different ways. First of all, the, it, it, and my hat's off, and I love the fact that Bell Reeve keeps their foot um, into professional golf and PGA Tour golf, the best golf in the world, and gets events here for us. Like you said, the BMW coming in 26, and then the President's Cup coming in 30. It's just fantastic to, to look forward to. But what Tiger did on Sunday, he played the front nine at Bell Reeve in 32 and didn't hit a fairway. He hit it all over the place, and the people they just kept they just kept following him and following him. And I had a group out there that I was interacting with and 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 hanging out with, and I and they, the roar would come up, and I'm like, Tiger it, roar, it wasn't Tiger a bird, roar. it was a yeah. Tiger roar, and then there's no Tiger roar. And there's a Tiger roar for par, and then there's a Tiger roar for birdie. And that's right. just when he made the he hits this he hooks this. Uh, tee shot on number nine over by the fence uh, between the bunker and the fence and then wings a shot on the green and I swear I was standing right by that ninth green when he hold that 20 foot putt Nick the ground was the ground, I remember that I remember that you know there's there's uh there's famously there's roars there's back nine roars and there's back nine tiger roars and there's nothing like it in golf and that you know as Roger Maltby famously said he you know he doesn't move the needle he is the needle but I will tell you this you know five years ago the PJ Tour had no footprint in St. Lewis. And then Bell Reeve happened, then we happened. Now the PGA Tour has three properties, the President's Cup, BMW, Charity Classic. We went from having none to the only market in the country with three PGA Tour properties, which I think the Charity Classic has a lot to do with that. But more importantly, it's the engagement of our fans and the community. That, that's just really cool. Like St. Louis prides itself on sports wins. That's a really neat sports win to go from zero PGA Tour properties, PGA of America is a separate body, to now three uh, pretty cool. Guys, let's talk about this Champions Tour. Bernard Longer now with the all-time record for wins, incredibly, at the age of 65, which means he's going to play the regular U.S. Open with an exemption at the age of 66. Nick, that's a guy that moves the needle as well on the uh, the Champions Tour. Well, you know, he does. One could argue, and Jay would love your thoughts on this, but like, Bernard Longer won two Masters. Most people sort of vaguely remember that, right? I think he won uh, in 85 and, and 94. 
you could argue that his legacy has as much to do with his 46 wins on the Champions Tour, and more importantly, the longevity. He is turning back the hands of time in a way that very few professional athletes in any sport have ever at 65 to be elite, elite, playing a U.S. Open at 65. You can't do that. Tom Brady's amazing. He's not playing till he's 65. If pitchers aren't, nobody is. And so I would argue, and you know, same with Hale. Now, Hale won three U.S. Opens. I think his U.S. Open legacy speaks for itself. But one could argue that Bernard Longer was a Hall of Famer prior to the Champions Tour, but his legacy is actually bigger than what it would have been if he never played the Champions Tour. And one could argue that people, you know, the check he won, Danny, at the U.S. Open was bigger than the two Masters checks combined. It's incredible. Amazing. What's interesting, too, is Bernard Longer has three PGA Tour wins. That's it. Two of those, our though, Masters. are the Masters. One at Heritage. Yet, what, f- over 40 on the European Tour because he played so much over there. And that probably gets overlooked a little bit in the legacy of Bernard Longer. Yeah, absolutely. And, guys, here's the thing that I want you to know about this guy. Besides, he, he's a, Nick, you've met him. He's just a terrific guy, super quiet, unassuming, very humble. He is still dealing with the yips with his putting stroke. If you watched him play on Sunday, that backstroke with his putter was was shaking like i mean so the question is what he is he doing there's some people that think uh, is that illegal because he's got the extended putter that's up near the chest and i've heard people say Boy, it's right on the borderline Looks there. Close. Exactly, because you can't rest it on your, on right, your body. Right, can't touch any other part of your body, or otherwise it's considered anchoring. But to his credit, he had the tour officials come over and said, this is what I want to do. Is this legal? There's pictures, there's videos and all that. And and, and they said, no, you're fine. And, and he would he would never, ever intentionally break a rule. No, he 100% just, agree. He just, he just isn't that guy. But if you watch that, Putting stroke, anchored or not, that thing little jittery. It, it would make a cup of coffee nervous. Too. It was Point, a little jittery. That thing was scary. You know what's impressive about Longer Danny is that uh, you know we've got to see. I got to see the last couple of years a lot of these guys up close, and they're all amazing people. They all get that the Champions Tour is the ultimate mulligan in life, and even VJ. Some of these guys who are notorious grinders have really loosened up, and they enjoy the proams and meeting people and engaging. And Bernard does too. But I tell you, he's still all business. Like on the range, he's not kibitzing like some of these other guys and fooling around. I mean, he's still in grind mode, like in the pro-ams. He, he's personable and, and, and talks to his partners, and he's great. But he's there's nobody out there, including like Stricker and some of the guys that are really playing well, David Toms. Uh, nobody takes it more seriously. And I think that's why at age 65, he's still among the top five players on that tour, which, again, to me, if you just step back and look at in all of sports, this story gets underappreciated that at age 65, not 52, 65, exactly. this guy is still an elite player in professional sports. And I just think that's extraordinary. For both of you guys, I'll start with Jay. What do you think Hale Irwin has meant to the Champions Tour? And I'll ask you too, Nick, but uh, a local guy, obviously, local ties, one of the best golfer to ever come out of this area. Mentioned the Haases, Jay Williamson, Jay Delsing. Uh, there's guys that have come out of this area that have been outstanding. But what did Hale mean to the Champions Tour? Well, Hale's a tough, tough customer. He is a, a, a gritty competitor. He's a tough son of a gun, I'll tell you. And when, you don't get anywhere without being tough and winning three U.S. Opens, period. And I, and I believe, Nick, 
Is he the only guy in the history of the sport to win exactly three? There's yeah, a few that won. Nobody's won exactly no three. Won exactly I think Willie three. Anderson won four or five. And, and Hale won, you know, he won 74 at Wingfoot, which to this day is still the most brutal open in history. It was like, you know, uh, penance for Johnny Miller, 63 at Oakmont. He won 79 at Inverness. And then Medina, which was one of the all-time great stories. I mean, he was written off and he, he had a renaissance in his career after winning Medina because he, in the 80s, he didn't do much, wins Medina and then comes out on the Champions Tour and absolutely dominates. And I, I've got to know Hale well. I, I think the world of him, I think he's been a great ambassador, certainly for our event. But uh, his 45 wins after 50, including that the, the open win, again, he had a second act in his career that, you know, the sport is fickle, Jay. You look at Ian Baker, Finch, and Duvall. When guys lose it, it's really, really hard. I mean, Ricky Fowler getting it back is the exception. When guys lose it, it's hard to get back. And for a while in, in the 80s, Hale lost it. He got it back and came back with a vengeance. I can remember, guys, we were playing down at Hilton Head, and I was walking into the club uh, club trailer to get some work done on my clubs, and Hale was there. And, you know, and you know, Nick, Hale's not a real gabby guy. He just like, doesn't really, you know go out of his way to, to 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 converse with you too much. And I said, Hey Hale, how's it going? And he goes, I don't even know what I'm doing out here. You know, I this was this was in the late eighties and then he turns around and wins a, a US Open later on. So the game is and I, because it had, it's so and, hard. you know, to Hale's credit, uh, had one of the most iconic moments in the last thirty years, him running around that eighteenth green at Medina, slapping uh high fiving the fans, which again he wasn't known for that and it was such an out of body and I've talked about it with him and he said it hey, it was a total out of body experience. Like I was so overjoyed he said i didn't realize i did that until i saw the tape and it to me it's still you know there's things that you remember i mean jack you know yes sir in 86 what Vern lunk was called but yes like, sir yes sir, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> which he lifted from ben wright by the way ben wright had made that call on exactly. 15 about 20 minutes earlier and roger Maltby get i mean not roger Maltby, uh Vern lunk gets all the credit for that but hail running around 18 you know watson chipping in i mean there's certain things that just stick in our mind that's one of the great moments in the sport. Nick Ragone, that is Jay Delsing. I'm Dan McLaughlin. I know when people tune in, maybe hear my voice, they say, "Why he's talking golf. Let's talk a little baseball. So one of the things I'm going to do, I am going to talk a little baseball I when we it. come back, and it concerns quite a historic moment in baseball with a guy that Jay Delsing knows awfully well and knew awfully well. We'll do that coming up. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also Find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. No, Tim, he's on vacation. I'm Dan McLaughlin. By the way, a week from today, I'll be filling in on the fast lane for Jamie, and I'll be with Anthony Stalter. Great to be with you on this Friday, and along with Jay Delsing and Nick Ragone from the Ascension Charity Classic. Away we go as we're talking golf up until 11 o'clock, and then Alex Ferrario will be with you. So some people, when they hear my voice, may associate it with baseball. 
every once in a while. It was only 25 years, but whatever. <laughs> um, so they're expecting me to talk baseball. I love talking golf. Obviously, the baseball season has been a little down this year, but I had a story that I wanted to make sure and get out over the year. For fans that haven't heard this, it ties into Jay Delsing. Your father, Jim, was a major league player, and I think this is one of the most amazing stories in the history of baseball. I really do. Yeah, you know, I don't even know where to start. The fact that the DeWitt family, who are dear friends of yours and 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 just great St. Louis ambassadors and citizens, are right in the middle of this thing, Danny, is just incredible. So, um, I I think well, let it was, me set it up. Yeah, okay, so up. Let, let me set it up. He's playing for the St. Louis Browns. There is a what we now call a little person in Eddie Goodell. And I uh, three foot seven. Thank you, three foot seven. And so Eddie Goodell was going to be used as a pinch hitter. Frank Sauce was the batter at that time, and Eddie Goodell takes his spot. It's a wild promotion from Bill Veck, and he's saying, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take the guy out there, and he's going to hit," which is one of the famous stories in the history of baseball. But it ties into Jim Delsing, and now. Jay Delsing. So, Danny, the, the, here's a couple things that my dad didn't like to talk about this story very much. He really didn't. Why not? Why not? I, I don't know. I think he's going to sidebar and took away from his... about it. I mean, he, okay. he, you know, he he loved the game. How and tall was your dad, by the way? He was taller than three foot seven. He was about five ten. He was about five ten. But what's interesting is this: this was the second game of a doubleheader, right? And it was on a weekend. And so what they what Bill Veck had done is sent all the paperwork to the office on either Thursday or Friday. So it was all legit, but they hadn't seen it yet to nix any of these ideas. And, and they were, later we found out, they were going to nix this. Yeah, they didn't like it. They, they didn't, didn't like this to idea. do it. So uh, uh, additional background that's interesting is Bill DeWitt Jr.'s father, the original Bill DeWitt, was the general manager of the Browns at the time. So he worked for Bill Veck. And his son... Our current owner of the Cardinals, Bill DeWitt Jr., was the Bat Boy, and so the 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 uniform that Bill Jr. Bill DeWitt Jr. wore, he gave to Eddie Goodell. They put the number one eighth on the back, and off they go. And the catcher's kneeling, and the pitcher's thrown underhand, and four pitches, they walk, and then my dad. You know, pinch run. But I said to dad, I said to so my dad, your dad, dad was the pinch runner for Eddie Goodell. So you buried the lead there, Jay. Your dad, my dad, is a footnote a, in history here. He was the pinch runner. He, he absolutely was. And I said to my dad, I said, Dad, wh- how did you keep this under wraps? He goes, No one knew about it. He goes, I had two base hits in the first game. Look up the lineup card, and I said to uh, Zach, I think Zach Taylor was the manager at the time, and he said, and he said, Delsing, just go sit over there. And I said, so what'd you do? And he goes, I just went and sat over there, you know? And so nobody knew this was even happening. And then this short person comes, a little person comes out of the, the clubhouse and walks up to home plate and everybody's going, they have no idea. So the amazing thing about this, as we advance the story and it ties in today and, and Jay, you uh, touched upon it there briefly. So the owner of the Cardinals now, Bill DeWitt Jr., was the bat boy, as you said. He took off his uniform to give it to Eddie Goodell. He was a very young kid at that time. I asked the DeWitts, which is now every once in a while the the, uh, the uniform will be displayed at the Cardinals Hall of Fame and Museum. But at one point, that uniform was passed down on Halloween to the kids. So you have a famous uniform in sports, the Browns uniform, worn by Eddie Goodell, worn by Bill DeWitt Jr. And he said for a while, he's like, well, kids, you know, needed a costume for Halloween. So we just passed around the 
the the the uniform <laughs> the great artifacts no, of sports like, history. Oh, it's it's that's amazing. Yeah, that's so a, they what just, a great story. They did that. Well, that's the family of the Dewitts too. They're so down to earth. You know, they're like, yeah, just go ahead and you know, you can wear it if it still fits you, and you can be a you know a, a bat boy for Halloween. Now, your dad's uniform, Missouri Historical Society, correct? Correct. Is the Browns the uniform that my dad wore in the Missouri Historical Society? Man, I'd love to have a Browns. Uh, uniform. I've got a 53 Detroit Tiger uniform that he wore. And Nick, these things are burlap. I, I mean, mean, heavy, thick, yeah. under that hot sun. headers on the weekends. Oh my God. Crazy. That's when men were men, right? Um, Absolutely. Greatest generation. By the way, speaking of baseball, John Daly threw out a first pitch, and it's still one of the more remarkable <laughs> first pitches I've ever seen, because he was there to promote the Ascension Charity Classic, and John Daly decides to try to fire it into the crowd. Nice nice work there, Nick. I mean, look, it got us a lot of publicity. <laughs> J.D., first of all, is a diehard Cardinals fan. Huge. You know, he, He's uh, from he our area. He sends me texts, and he sends me updates Huge fan. he's doing. Huge yeah. fan. And also a good athlete. You know, he kicked a field goal, uh, you know, from 40 yards out. I mean, he's no longer quite in that shape, but a great Cardinals fan. And we've had great luck. I mean, David Thompson threw at the first pitch. And by the way, speaking of baseball, I was really happy to see Harrison Bader back in town and the way the and fans love him. him. And, too. you know, we, uh, Brian Williams and I, Senator Williams, we uh, took him to Cardinal Glennon. Eight hours after he lands at midnight on Thursday, He, you know, he's at Cardinal Glennon, not for 20 minutes, by the way, for two and a half hours, meeting with uh, the patients the kids, meeting with the nurses, the staff, thanking them, and they all want to know what happened to his hair. Uh, but he signed everything, and you know, Yankees got to cut it. Yankees got to cut it. But we, uh, and you know, this Joe, we use the word role model and athletes way too often these days. But Harrison is truly somebody that you can That's have great. your kids look up to, and I was just glad to see the fans uh, continue to embrace him. Nick, what what a lot of people don't know is that he represented and supported our. Ascension Charity Classic through all the many of the banquets. He was there early when we had the announcement over at Glen Echo. You know, this guy he f- f- took a lot of his own time and just showed up. On it his was own. Really impressive. You know, he showed up. The APJ Classic, which is our, our other tournament, which is really about making golf more diverse and inclusive, uh, he reached out and said, hey, I want to come to your presser. You remember that event. You were there. It was snowy on a February. He flew in. By the way, he flew in for that. Flew in to be a part of it. And I, I was like, tell you this, that by guy's the way, a leader. I am seated. And I had to catch a flight. That was the uh, the next day was the start of spring training. Yep. So yeah. he made a point to be there on that day. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. And I just, uh, I appreciate, you know, there, the Post-Dispatch did a nice column on his unbreakable bond with the fans here. And it's good to see him playing great. By the way, and you know this, Danny, and I, I grew up in New York. I know Yankee history, even though I'm a fan. They've had some really amazing postseasons. Reggie in 77 is five home runs. Mickey Mantle had some epic postseasons. Harrison's postseason last year. Awesome. One of the best in Yankee history, which says a lot. Yeah, what happens is, too, it takes me back to, like, Indy Chavez, you being a the Mets catch. fan. His catch in 06 would go down as maybe the greatest catch in postseason history. Game 7, Shea is rocking, takes away a home run, turns it into a double play. The problem is, and the same thing with Bader, it becomes a footnote when you don't win. Yeah, it. it and what, man, you brought up Sorry, Wayno's curveball to Beltran. <laughs> it curved space and time, and it, it careened the Mets into the wrong direction. But we're not going to get into that. I want to talk to before our next break, APGA, and what that means uh, to our community, and and just how big that event was, and what a tour can bring to a city, and what the city can do for a tour.
Yeah, I mean, our APJ Classic, the APJ, it's a, a developmental tour. It's about making golf more diverse and inclusive. They, now, thanks to us, by the way, because we and Farmers and Oracle, a couple major companies are leaning into it. They now have a developmental status, Jay, with the PJ Tour, meaning the winners now are going to get, you know, eventually status onto Corn Ferry and the PJ Tour. But last year, our, our event at Glen Echo, to a person, they said it was an elite event on their tour, more fans, more hospitality. Uh, they engaged with a lot of our sponsors. A lot of these guys aren't going to make it to the PJ Tour, but they're getting excited exposed to the larger business community. And I got to tell you, we're really, really proud. I mean, we created the charity class for two reasons. One is to give back to the community, and we do that through our charity with the Urban League Boys and Girls Club and Marygrove. And the second part was to make golf at the elite level more diverse and inclusive so that more people could see, hey, even if I'm not a professional golfer, this is a game I could play for life. And I feel like, Jay, the APGA has done that nicely. You know, Nick, it's it's been amazing. And, what, what, and you're humble about this, but the Ascension... Your your organization's involvement in the APGA, the classic for sure, but you guys created what was a ripple effect in the business community because I think Epson came on board and and Doherty Solutions, Doherty Business Solutions, Ron and his company do a, a great job in supporting us, but around the country. Many, many big players stepped up, and so now these guys are actually playing for quite a bit of money, way more than they ever thought. And great courses. You know, they're at Baltistral, they're at Torrey Pines, they're at Valhalla, uh, Farmers, Oracle, Us, a lot of other Lexus, big companies. And it's really, you know... You know how hard it is, Jay, to get on tour, and it's even harder to keep your card. And to have the APGA be a developmental tour for the Corn Ferry Tour, which is a developmental tour for the PGA Tour, it's really, really important to have that status. And last year, you know, our winner played in Worldwide's event. Worldwide was so gracious to give a sponsor's exemption. They've agreed to do that again, which is really cool. So it's a game-changing moment. You get an event, you know this, you get a start in the PGA Tour, you catch lightning in a bottle change your life change your life it absolutely can change your life yeah and you know we got to give a shout out to christian heavens he's a great ambassador for uh for the Ascension Charity Classic, a local, great team member. Local guy. Local guy, yeah. Just and playing some good golf, by the way. Easy to, Very easy good golf. to root for. And Tim O'Neill, who got his start last year at the Charity Classic, made it through Q School and is playing really well. He's been on a bunch of leaderboards. He's an Ascension brand ambassador. And I just love the APGA Tour, and I love the connection between the Champions Tour and the APGA Tour. And that's, again, St. Louis. Nick Ragone, Jay Delsing, I'm Dan McLaughlin. We'll wrap things up in just a moment. To the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. You can also find us on YouTube on the 101 ESPN page, and that's uh, former shows, podcasts, things of that nature. It's on the website as well. Nick Ragone from the Ascension Charity Classic is our guest, as well as uh, Jay Delsing. I'm Dan McLaughlin. And Golf with Jay Delsing to promote this will be on every Sunday. Brandel Chambly will be the guest on Sunday morning, so looking forward to that. i, I got to ask you, Nick, speaking of YouTube, now uh, you become a YouTuber, man. You're all over the place. You're, you're a millennial. You know, I've written five books on history. It's one of my avocations. My wife says keeps me out of trouble. Five books on the presidency. And so I've had a passion for history. And about three months ago, I was watching YouTube and I'm like, there's no great storytelling on here. And I called my brother and I said, we got to do some some video vignettes. And three months later, 90 days, we have 
17,000 subs, 4 million views. And we tell historical vignettes about World War II, about the Civil War, about these great American exceptionalism. I believe we're still a great country. It's like an unbroken streak through our history. So one quick story. This video got 2 million views in the last week. D-Day, Jay. It's uh, June 6th. The paratroopers that went in first, it's 12 at night. It's pitch black. They're in the C-47. There's 200 of them. The 101st Airborne, 200 sitting there. They're nervous. They're jumpy. One of the guys, a guy named Robert Hillman. This is a true story. Robert Hillman starts fidgeting with his equipment, which they do, last-minute check, right? He looks at it. He notices parachutes from the Pioneer Parachute Company, which is in Manchester, Connecticut. He lets out a little bit of a guffaw. And I'm going to choke up, by the way. He lets out a guffaw, and the guys go... What what, do you, what what you know? What are you doing? He goes, well, uh, you know, I'm from Manchester. My mom actually works at the parachute para, uh, Pioneer Parachute Company. He looks at it for another thirty seconds, and he lets out uh, a semi yelp. And another guy goes, "What's your problem?" And he goes, "You're not going to believe this." He goes, "My mother's initials are on this parachute." Wow! Guy got a parachute from his mom. I mean, talk about that's crazy. You, know, you can either think that's coincidence or divine providence. I think it's divine providence. I mean, and there's so many stories from the greatest generation. And so what my brother and I are doing is we're telling these in, in little vignettes because it's important for younger people in particular to understand the sacrifice and commitment of those that came before us and how important that is to the history of our country going forward. Leads me to this. Jay, you're passionate about this. All of us were together when the news broke, but Liv and the PGA Tour coming together. A lot of people look at that and say, how can you be a part of it? Other people are saying, ah, the hell with it. It's okay. Let's move forward. There's ties into 9-11, obviously, speaking of the history of our country. So where do you stand on that being a guy that was such a part of the PGA Tour for 30 years? Yeah, well, it was blindsided and kind of feeling betrayed is the first couple things that I thought of. I mean, our commissioner sat there and you know basically just talked out of both sides of his mouth within a, a couple-week period of time. Um, yeah, there, you know, Danny, I've got way more questions than I have answers. I've been texting a lot of buddies and friends and guys that are a little more in the know. Brad this is not a slam dunk yet. I no, mean, this is going to take some time. There's congressional oversight that's going to be there. There's, there's, there's lawsuits. What do we do? I mean, Nick, how, how do you feel about this as a partner and our sponsor? You know, it's a tr- it's a tricky question. So there's two pieces. One is um, it's not a done deal yet. There's still a lot of regulatory and business hurdles. Like they have the broad brushstrokes of an agreement, but there's still detail that needs to be worked out. The second part is, and and I wish Jay a speedy recovery. Jay is out on medical leave, and he's been a big part of this. Jay Monahan, so, Jay Monahan the commissioner of the PJ Tour, and so. In absence of him being on leave, you know, there's some uncertainty. Now, <clears throat> the initial feedback from the players, the PJ Tour players, was there was a lot of anger. Uh, they didn't like the hypocrisy and, and so forth. They had a recent meeting last week where it seems to have calmed down, and now they want to understand the details of what the plan looks like. And the thing to keep in mind, again, for this community and our sponsors is that this is a new company being formed between the PJ Tour and the PIF a for-profit entity, and that underneath it will sit the the DP World Tour, the PGA Tour, and, and potentially the Live brand. It, it looks like it might not go away. And that the events like ours remain a 501c6 so that we could give back all our proceeds to charity. But, uh, Danny, it was interesting. At Valderrama, Live's last event last week, uh, Greg Norman and Yasser were driving around in a cart. Yasser is the head of the PIF. And so... 
Um, there was speculation that Greg would get fired and Liv would go away. Well, they were around together for three days, and Greg was driving him around in a cart. So I'm not so sure the Liv brand is going away immediately. Yeah, he's been quiet, which has been interesting. Not a lot of public comments, if any at all. I haven't seen him. I want to ask you, too, about, and Jay brought up a good point, how it affects the Champions Tour, but also LPGA Tour. You're talking about the atrocities of Saudi Arabia and how women are treated Boy, you've got to wonder long and hard about what you're doing, not only on the PGA Tour, but the other tours as well. Yeah, I mean, guys, we're we're three girl dads here. We've all we all have daughters. I mean, that that's 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 no good. Yeah. I mean, it is that is no good. Again, way more questions than we have answers. And and one of the things, guys, it just is about money. It's about money. Follow when you it. think it's not about money, it's, it's about, always money. about money. It's always, always about the money. About but the quick dough. shout out for the women's game today. Uh, this week, they're at Pebble for the U.S. Open, which is very, very cool. It's great to see Pebble hosting a U.S. Women's Open. It'll be Annika's last, most likely, and Michelle Wee's. Generationally different, but two icons of the women's game. And I will tell you, the women's game is, has never been stronger, and it may be some of the most interesting golf on the planet right now. I think what's very important that we need to get out is that you are trying to affect, in a positive way, both guys and Jay grew up in North County. That's where the Ascension Charity Classic will be. It's at Norwood Hills Country Club. It's in great shape. We played it a bunch. It'll be perfect for that time of year in September. But Jay, I know it means a lot to you. Nick, I know you specifically wanted to get to North County to have a positive impact on those communities. I know, Jay, that means a ton to you. Oh, it can, I, I, this, this event checks Every single personal and, and professional box for me. And and I just, I've said it a hundred times, I won't say it anymore. But Danny, you also have your special needs tournament up at Norwood Hills. Yeah. It's raised over $5 million in its inception. So Amazing. this game, guys, is a societal powerhouse. It just keeps delivering. And Danny, we're lucky that uh, you've been such a great ambassador from day one, you and Jay. And to have you um, helping out this year, we have our Legends Lunch coming up, and you're going to be participating in that. And then our Legends Challenge on that Saturday which Jay did that last year, and I'm glad Jay's in the field. It's a tough job, Jay, trying to moderate <laughs> Trevino and Nancy Lopez yeah. and Hale. And so, Danny, thankfully, you are a pro's pro. You're the best in the business. Jay did a great job, but we're, we, <laughs> we, we feel like it's a little bit of an upgrade. <laughs> no, no, Jay oh, knocked it out of the upgrade. park. Are you kidding? He did a great, Jay did a great job. He handled Lee Trevino well. Lee is a firecracker. Well, oh, I, man. you just don't want to get too close to Lee because he'll grab the mic right out of your hand. <laughs> Isn't that the truth, though? Oh, oh, hell yeah, for and sure. And by the way, Nancy's coming back. And Nancy asked me if she could come back. And That's she, great. to me, is one of the great ambassadors, so we're happy. So, Nick, as we wrap things up, and with Jay Delsing, Nick Ragone, I'm Dan McLaughlin. Let's get the uh, the charities that will be uh, receiving those monies coming up in September. And, and you guys, before even one ball was hit, made a donation to these charities of considerable amounts of money. So tell our fans about that. So again, you know, year one, we were canceled, but we still gave $250,000 to the Boys and Girls Club, Urban League, and Mary Grove, our three primary charities. We have about 10 others. And the year after, the second year, we gave 800000 Last year, $1.3 Just to put it in context, in year two, we're already the most charitable tournament on PJ Tour Champions, which has 35 events on its calendar. Year two, I said at our press conference in year five, we wanted to be one of the most. And again, that's not a credit to me or the team, although they've done an amazing job. That's a credit to St. Louis. It's amazing. It's amazing. Guys, this is fun. I wanted to get into the Ryder Cup. I wanted to get into Ricky winning, but we ran out of time. Ran next, out of time. Week. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. That's Jay Delsing. You'll hear him on Sunday. Golf with Jay Delsing, Nick Ragone, and I'm Dan McLaughlin. Thanks for being with us. This has been the Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.